Hello, it's Charlotte's sister, C. Farrell, host of Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast that invites you to do what you love. This podcast is for you if you love writing or telling stories, if you love sharing poetry or doing interviews. This podcast is for you if you love working on ways to create age-friendly cities. This podcast is for you if you love learning how to tame technology and get more out of virtual events, if you love finding more ways to share your heritage or traditions. If you love any of these things, you can go beyond listening and join our weekly podcast group. Simply email pbaafc at gmail.com and put your name in the subject line. Powered by Age is sponsored by the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, the 411 Senior Center Society, and GNF Financial Group. Welcome to the Powered by Age podcast, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast sponsored by the 411 Senior Centre Society, the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, and GNF Financial. Today on the show, we have a bit of a different format. Charlotte is away and unable to host, so I'm Jesse, Jesse Wensloff, the Public Affairs and Talk Coordinator at CJSF. I also uh, edit the show and do a little bit of production. Uh, you've, you've probably heard me before. If not, Happy to meet you. Uh, today on the show, we have a mini art expo by Nanaimo artist Christine Batty and a special mystery segment by the ever-eager poet Neil Ryan. I'll let today's participants introduce themselves, and then we'll get into it. Go ahead, Neil. Uh, hi, my name is Neil Ryan. Uh, I'm a, a, a poet uh, and... Uh, and um, I'm a collector of poetry from seniors that's uh, already started, but I'm just doing it locally. I hope to broaden out uh, throughout the summer. So. so my name is Nancy Sinclair. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm a writer, a photographer, and a pet sitter, and I'm grateful to be here on today's call. Thank you. Who's that you got with you? Oh, it's my wonderful daughter, Christine, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Christina, I'm an arts Thanks, Christine. We've also got two silent members today, Leslie and Charlotte, who are in noisy environments and so will join us by text only. I also want to acknowledge before we get started that today's podcast is being produced on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and other Coast Salish peoples. We have uh, some members from Nanaimo who are on other territories uh, and that we are very uh, lucky and grateful to be sharing these lands. And so, without further ado, I want to get into our first segment of the day, Action Art Arising. Christine Batty, a local art student with cerebral palsy, is currently studying at Vancouver Island University. Christine has participated in several student shows, including 2018's Make a Statement at the View Gallery and the 2014, 2016, and 2017 Progressions shows at Vancouver Island University. Also, the 2017 Nanaimo Art Walk, September 2015 My Street Festival, and 2014 Acme Restaurant. Christine has curated four art shows as well, Nudes, Protect the Coast, Puzzle, and Renewal. A talented artist, Christine primarily works with open acrylics with a focus of abstract painting. She has been commissioned for her inspiring work on several occasions over the course of her art career. Christine began her art career by participating in local art markets and craft fairs. Often you can find her selling her artwork locally at the waterfront. Her work has been published in Vast Art Magazine 2021, and Christine has 
and Christine has participated in Art Battle 2017 and 2018. She placed third place in the 2017 competition held in Qualicum Beach. Working to complete a major in visual arts, Christine's career focus is that of a professional art curator. To see more of Christine's work, you can visit her at Facebook at cmcreations21. You can follow or contact her at cmcreationsart at gmail.com or on Instagram at cmcreations2010. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. Buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over It's Okay, so that uh, ran through once, I guess. Uh, are there any notes on this first part of the, the video that we can share of, of the, the piece that's in the background here? Um, was that Christine share about that? That's all the porn that you take. Um, a curve key makes a certain percentage. You have to pour each color individually and then um, move it around to get the particular um, pattern. Right, so you're pouring each paint and then how are you how are you moving it around? Are you using a brush or are you just well, you have to hold it and kind of let the the medium flow. Are you holding it in a container of some sort? Or is it paint? Oh, no, you pour the paint from a cup, like a, one of the ones I use, like those red party cups, and then you pour one, move it around a bit, pour another one, move it around a bit, pour another one, and then move the canvas and see where it goes. And are you trying to accomplish something specific when you're doing this, or is it just sort of you see you see what happens when you do it? It's all kind of just an experiment when you do it. Um, just trying to make a abstract or uh, see how different colors kind of work within that medium when you layer them. So, so she takes the canvas and. She takes all those little separate cups and puts paint, different colors paints. And she's got a real talent, a real eye for seeing what colors mix together well, what contrast, what makes another color pop. And then um, somebody holds a canvas for her and she pours the paint and it, then pivots the um, canvas in different ways, I think, based on how she's feeling energetically in that moment. And I think it comes out as a bit of a surprise for her too, but she has this this idea of the colors to start with that she'd like to have work together. And, um, and then it's just that creative, hmm, what if I went this way? What if I went that way? And 
and then it goes from there. I really like this piece of work. It has inspired me to to begin uh, using my motorhome as an art studio. I, I have mm. some space there that that is allowing my art to flow. So I'm writing poetry right now there, but I love what you've done. Really, really, really inspired me. Thank you. Okay, I'm gonna move on to the next frame. Uh, which is just a, uh, a picture, a portrait of Christine. Uh, Christine, can, what can you tell us about uh, this picture? Uh, that was taken when I did my first art battle in Pelican by my mom. So I think we were just getting ready at that point, mm -hmm. which I remember. What is an art battle? What, like, so, what, how does that happen? An art battle for a school. So it's organized by, I think, yeah, actually, like an association. But what it is, is you have to send me an application, and I think they pick, what is it, 10 people to do it. And then you, you all go to a certain location, and you're given a canvas, and you have to select covers of paint that, that they provide you. But you're all given 20 minutes to complete the painting. And that's it. Wow. And you can't go in with any preconceived ideas. No. The whole, the basis, the premise of it is, is that you arrive and you get, uh, they set you up with the stations. They show you where the supplies are. And then you go, you pick the colors, you get to your station. They do a countdown to get started, and then you're on the spot to paint whatever you can come up with painting in that moment. And what they do is they have people, the audience, the people that come to, to, to view everything, they're walking around the artists while the artists are at their stations, and they're watching over their shoulders, taking pictures. Like it's, it's quite a powerful, powerful environment. It's really exciting. I think it's very nerve-wracking for the artists as well because they don't even know what's going to come out of them and you've got all these strangers walking around and the music's loud and the lights are dark and but it was very exciting and then they bring it down I think it was they placed three different three different places for people first second and third and so it's a rounds it's competition rounds and um, so the nerve-wracking is not only the first time around and you hope to get you know chosen for the second round and, um, and then it goes on down to the first round. And, um, and everybody's abilities and talents and the focus are all so different. And that was Christine's first time participating. She, she um, specializes in abstract and acrylic in particular. And, and there were a lot of factors involved for her. Um, because of her disability, she needed to have some um, assistance with somebody to help pass through the paints and stuff, but she had to be careful that they weren't taking over and doing the work for her. And then just be able to access, you know, the easel and, and the brushes. And she, she had paint up her nose. She had paint down her throat. She had paint in her ears. She was swallowing the paints. It was, it was, it was very exciting. So.
Christine, uh, and Christine, do you enjoy them? Like, do you enjoy the art battle? Yeah, yeah. When I've done them, I wish I could do them again. But as my mom says, they're very stressful. Um, so yeah, they're fun though, for sure. I encourage everyone to check one out that took the opportunity to. And I think they haven't had them since COVID as well. Right. Uh, there was a question from Leslie that I think you sort of answered, but um, what what kind of paint do you use, Christine? Acrylic, open acrylic, which which means because well, there's two types of well, there's two types of main paint, and if you know anything about paint, you know that acrylic typically dries within 20 minutes, and oil takes about a year to dry. Properly, so what open acrylic does is it allows the acrylic paint to re remain wet and for about three weeks, so you can work longer and you can um, make changes, and then it doesn't chemically dry for about three weeks as compared to like half an hour or 20 minutes. So kind of like a nice middle ground between regular acrylic and oil paint. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I've also got a comment from Charlotte about the previous work that we saw that the first painting made her feel like she was looking at the earth from a satellite. Oh, great. That's what I was going for. Yay. All right. I'll move on to the next frame. I think one of the things so this next uh, image that we have so there's three humanoid figures kind of moving across a, a blue field. Uh, what can you tell us about this one, Christine? So this was a school assignment, and I had to draw. I had, to, I believe, I had to take one image and draw it on twenty different surfaces, and then do like a final drawing. So this is this is actually oil pastel and pen ink. Um, this is the final part of the project. Um, they're one of my third year classes for drawing. And drawing it on so many different surfaces, how does that influence the, the final product? Um, that's a really good question. I did this so long ago, I don't remember. I know it made it easier in the end result, I think. Um, yeah, because we had to break down the image in all the surfaces, so you had to focus, take a part to focus on. We did the final project. Christine, what can you tell us about this Buddha piece? This actually is in my mom's house now, in her meditation room. Um, originally, this wasn't supposed to be the Buddha at all. I was trying to draw, I think, a friend's baby, but it didn't work well, so I had to, like, redo the middle part. The only thing my friend and I could think of was to turn it into Buddha, so... That was just kind of a happy accident. <laughs> you saw Buddha in the baby. I guess. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. Do you have a lot of happy accidents where you're planning one thing and something else happens? All the time. All the time. Another picture of you at work making art, and then a poster for the Qualicum Beach Art Battle. What do you like most about making art? Um, I don't really know how to answer it. I kind of fell into being an artist by, again, a happy accident because I wanted to become a curator. And at the time, I didn't realize I needed a separate degree to do that, so I ended up taking a visual arts degree just by chance and convenience. You said that your work is mostly abstract. I think this image is an example of that. What can you tell us about this and generally about your abstract approach? Well, um, this was the result of the first art battle, actually. So that was done in 20 minutes. And... um, what I like about what I like about abstract art was I when I first started doing art, I really struggled to paint representational things with that distance. So abstract just became less stressful and easier to work with. And um, a lot of my favorite artists actually do work in the abstract area painting like um, Jackson Fort, who was known, known as one of the abstract expressionists. And his painting, his painting was really influential because he brought wine into the forefront of it and gave his painting some movement. So I took a lot of inspiration from that idea. Yeah, I'm a big Jackson Pollock fan. Uh, when you look at this painting, what does it make you think of or feel? Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Christine, I, I, I'm inspired. I really am. I, I really like what you've done and the work you've done. I really uh, want to to comment, uh, to, to compliment you on your efforts, art, artistry ed- efforts. Thank you. Uh, a message from Charlotte. This painting makes her think of birds in a field where everyone has a place. Okay, another painting here with a lot of pink and red, some green, maybe some feather shapes here. So this was, unfortunately, it's a bit cut off, but if you see the whole painting, it's actually a phoenix rising from the ashes. Ah, uh, yeah. And does that image, that metaphor, represent anything for you, or is it just sort of visually interesting? Um, I got into this phase where I wanted to do a lot of, um, yeah, I got into a lot of fantastical images, and one of the things I thought of was a phoenix, because they all look different in different cultures. What was it like to be in the newspaper for your art? It was cool, also very nerve-wracking. Um, that was the first art show I'd ever curated, so it was, it was nerve-wracking. Yeah. What do you think about when you're curating uh, a, a show as opposed to doing art yourself? Uh, so when I'm curating, I'm not I'm looking at what other people's strengths are, and if it goes with um, 
the concept, and I'm thinking of more as in a more contextual sense. And I'm mostly just trying to keep everyone on the same page and organize to get the show running. Uh, do you like curating more than painting the same, differently? Uh, I feel like as much as I enjoy painting, I much prefer helping other people push that forward. Um, because I'm naturally very shy, so curating works with that uh, aspect of my personality. Plus, you get to look at a whole bunch of cool art. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay, back on to another one of your paintings. This one, lots of blues and some greens and whites. What can you tell us about this one? Um, so if anyone knows anything about Pablo Picasso, he went through a blue period. And when I started school many years ago, I decided that I, all my paintings had to have some shade of blue in them. So I went through a blue period like Picasso. Um, and I think this one was in one of the year books. I can't recall. But yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. The The blending of all the blues obviously makes me think of water, but there's also some landscapes and sky. It's great. Thank you. Another, another winner. <clears throat> okay, and I think we have uh, sort of two, two related painting or images, this one and the next one. What can you tell me about uh, what's going on here, Christine? So that's actually, that's my joystick um, from my wheelchair. Um, so I was doing a, a study at school because I had been asked to do a collection of body parts, like a 50-page sketchbook of just body parts. And so I decided that I would do an abstract version of my um, joystick with a kind of hinting that I was part of it. Um, just for the action part, and then I wanted to really abstract it, so I just cut, I think I took part of it and just um, extended it and made it look like a left tone. Don't really remember that. It's really interesting to see the, I guess, bionic toe that controls the remote and, and, and the toe. Uh, is incorporating your life in that way, is that something that you, you want to do or, or try to do with your art? Um, not particularly. It just kind of fit the opportunity. Um, and I was kind of running out of inspiration, if I'm being completely honest. So that's what I did <laughs> Oh, I really like it. And I think that uh, sometimes at the end of inspiration is where the best ideas come from. I think we got one, maybe two more paintings here. Uh, this one, lots of different colors going on. And you can really see the, the texture of, of the painting. Uh, what can you tell us about this one? I believe that one was also done in a round of art battle. And um, don't know if you can, I think it was the final round I was in and I was stressed for pressure and I think I ended up using because they give you paper towels to clean 
your brushes with. I think I ended up painting with the paper towel, if I remember correctly. That's an unusual brush. I'm always really interested in the textures of paintings and the, the layers and the, the dimensionality of it. Uh, a message from Charlotte. A perfect selection of art representing the transition from June to July, and also transition where we will have more shows detailing people's purpose, passion, and techniques. Thanks, Christine, for sharing so much of your art and the thought behind it. Maybe we can wrap up with this image, which looks like a, a map of some sort. What can you tell us? So this was, a, this was actually another school project. We had to draw a map of something that was important to us. So I used to work at the Nanaimo Museum, and in the museum, there's actually the original map of Nanaimo, which is a coal mining town. So I took, I took a bunch of pictures from the exhibit, and I mapped out where Chinatown used to be, and just stuff like that. That's great. A nice historical fabricated landscape. Thanks again for sharing your art and time with us. It's been really cool to look at and absorb. All right, and once again, you can see more of Christine's work on Facebook at cmcreations21, or follow or contact her at cmcreationsart at gmail.com. That's cmcreationsart at gmail.com, or on Instagram at cmcreations2010. I see there's a question about what kind of paint uh, Christine used. Is that acrylic paint? Yeah, it's open acrylic, um, which again um, allows, the acrylic usually dries within 20 minutes, but with open acrylic, it doesn't technically dry for three weeks, so it gives you a bit more time to Work and manipulate the paint. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm really going to take inspiration from your work. That's great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Christine, so and thanks, you, Nancy, for facilitating. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone. And uh, speaking of Neil being taking inspiration, maybe we can take some inspiration for, from what Neil has for us next. Neil, uh, what are you sharing with us today? I've got a poem. Yeah, I, I, you've got that piece of music cued. I, I'm going to do the poem first, and then I'd like to hear the music. Sounds good to me. It's called There's Room Here. Everyone is the same, self-draped indifferences, different, different colors, different languages, different bodies, different experiences, but we all share one humanity. No matter what makes you different, there is room here for you. Everyone is imperfect. Everyone is wounded. Perhaps we are here to learn that the only true evil in the world is our judgment of others, that others are different. No matter how, no matter who you are in this world, there is room for you. 
male or female, crippled or whole, advantaged or disadvantages, quick or slow, typical or unusual, we are all challenged by being alive. And in the heart, we all share the same desire to be loved and accepted. Try to remember that in this wondrous spectrum of diversity, there is room here for you. There are those among us who do not see the same humanity in everyone. Some are always willing to tell you how you don't measure up to standards that are set by those blind to their own humanity. Some can be harsh and mean in their judgments, so it's hard to remember that there is room here for them as well. It must be painful for them when they get glimpses of their own imperfections. They can only see through judgmental eyes, and they have not yet learned that inner peace comes with loving our common humanity. They seem to be taking forever to learn acceptance of the other. Even yet, there is room here for them as well. Fear of the unknown, fear of differences, fear of not being accepted, not feeling loved, not feeling valued, not feeling safe, opens the door to fear. And we all share our ancestral monkey nature that we need to be loved to survive. World peace can begin when we all become aware that there is room here for us all. Can we go to the music? So we're celebrating tomorrow Canada's 155th birthday. And I think that's a really good way to uh, to celebrate it. Uh, Leslie's saying that she loves the Italian version. Uh, I was amazed that they were all able to be in the right key the whole time. You know, like all the different versions all all fit together with the same underlying music. I think there's a good a good metaphor there for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Yeah, just in a moment of silence here. The Italian version sounded like grand opera. It was amazing. <laughs> Charlotte is saying in the chat that this song really confirms Neil's poem. We are all alike and we have a common core. There are obviously all sorts of different perspectives on Canada Day, what it means and how it should be celebrated, but we can all find our own way into it and uh, a way that we can all meet in that shared common core. Well, I wish you all a happy Canada Day, and we'll reconvene for the episode next week, I guess. Oh, uh, before we go, I will ask, how are you celebrating Canada Day? What does your day look like? Um... <laughs> I, I'm on my own uh, this weekend because Michelle's away, and so I'm probably just going to go and take my paint to the motorhome and go and and do some either some artwork or or write another poem. So I'm just I was there at Canada's 100th birthday with my one-year-old daughter and. Uh, I figured I, I I was at the pavilion in in Montreal. I was looking after the company's pavilion, and uh, so I celebrated uh, 55 years ago, and it's still lasting. So I'm good to go, painting. Uh, Leslie, what are you doing this weekend? See the chat, it's too noisy here. Uh, Leslie's going to be lawn bowling, dressed in red and white. And it sounds like Charlotte will be going to take her pen and tablet beside some water, like the images in Christine's painting. Sounds like we're all feeling a little inspired. Great. Well, uh, enjoy however you all choose to celebrate. And we'll see you again next week. Take care. Uh, and uh, I will say before we go, I, also, one last note, um, we're going to be exploring some new formats during our summer programming. Uh, so any of the 44 people who have been involved in presenting segments in the past or doing spins are uh, individually recorded stories, poems, interviews, and novelties, uh, or just sharing comments, uh, you can stay in touch by letting our regular host, Charlotte Sistacy Farrell, know that you're interested in participating. You can contact her via email at pbaafc at gmail.com. See you next time. <laughs>